hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. Glad you're tuning in. Hey, by the way, are you enjoying our new intro music? I hope you like it. It was created by my son, Jackson. What's up, Jackson? That's a cool vibe, right? So, hey, if you're doing a podcast and you want a music intro, outro, let me know. DM me because I know where to get one. So, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to, of course, bring you another success story from the streets featuring one of our My Asian Class members. Shout out to, again to one of our most active, consistent members, Carmela, who uh, recently posted in our private Facebook group that she just hosted our class called Master the Market. And she partnered up with a local realtor and put on this class. 20 people registered, but get this, 32 showed up. What? More than registered showed up? That's right. It's amazing what happens when you put good information out there. Team up with other partners that can help you collaborate. Create a personal brand for yourself that attracts and not chases. People want to do business with you. People start talking, just like Carmela. Carmela goes on to say that uh, the experience in this class, meaning the collective experience of the agents in the room, equal to 100 years experience in real estate. Now, be careful. Don't hear that and think, oh, that's just a bunch of old people. Um, I would actually ask you to characterize the people who attended that class as experienced. So isn't that part of the goal to get in front of agents who are actually right, have some tenure, have some business, right? have some experience and some maturity? Because those are the ones you want to attach your wagon to, right? In most cases. So shout out to you, Carmela, for you get the consistent consistency award um, and just an amazing job. Uh, and, and again, whenever I present these success stories, uh, hopefully you're pausing and asking yourself, by what means would you get in front of 20 or 30 real estate agents? How would you do that? Would you do it by cold calling? Would you do it by social media? I mean, physically in person. Get in front of real estate agents and position yourself not as a solicitor and vendor, but as a partner and a peer. Therefore, increasing trust, reducing resistance, accelerating the conversations that lead to referrals. Folks, that's what we do at MyGen Classes. Maybe it's for you. Here's how you learn more. Go to mortgagemarketing.pro, book a call with me. I'll show you the whole platform. We'll dig into your business a little bit. We'll see if it's the right fit for you. We'll share some of our success stories. Mortgagemarketing.pro. That's how you can check it out. Okay. My special guest for this week is Sean Cannell. Sean Cannell is a YouTuber, international speaker, and coach that helps you and me, entrepreneurs, build your influence and income with online video. Sean's YouTube channels have over 1 million subscribers. His videos have been viewed over 100 million times, and he's been featured in the 20 must-watch YouTube channels that will change your business by Forbes magazine. Uh, Sean lives part-time in the same city and area that I do of Vegas, and we sat down recently at uh, his studio, and we unpacked some amazing uh, ideas, concepts, strategies to help you succeed if you are planning on going all in on YouTube. And um, I will say, and, and Sean agreed with me that YouTube, right? if you look at all the different places to have your content, Instagram, et cetera, YouTube is harder. YouTube requires more work. YouTube requires more intentionality. Remember, YouTube is a search engine. So if your goal is to continue to diversify and be more consumer direct, to attract some of that consumer direct business, and you want to attract and build your own leads, and you, you, you are open to right, the fact that you are now a personal brand and want to create video, right, purpose-driven video, intentional video that people can search and find, well, then this episode might be great for you because Sean really just gives us a, a crash course clinic on basically, bottom line, how to succeed on YouTube. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. You might want to listen to it twice. And if you are a mortgage professional listening to this and you got a real estate agent who uh, is trying to grow their YouTube, or you just want to pour into your real estate agents and say, hey, I came across this uh, podcast interview. It's all about YouTube. It's relevant for real estate agents as well. Feel free to share that with them. Make sure you also check out some of the links in the show notes for Sean's book, Sean's podcast, and some free courses he's got and things like that. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into this week's show. 
Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Fired up to be hanging out with you. Thank you so much, really. I'm pleased that we have the opportunity to do this. It's about, what, three plus months in the making. So uh, I, uh, I have to say, I've got to be totally transparent to say, when, when I do interviews, and I've done now over 300 of them, um, sometimes I get a little bit nervous before the interview. And this is one of those. And the reason why is because um, I've been following you for quite a while. I think I told you before I was at your very first uh, you know, influence, video influencer grow event over at the Red Rock here in Vegas. And uh, like, you know, when, when, whenever I have an opportunity to, to meet somebody who is, I think, doing an amazing job out there, um, I want to make sure I'm doing a, a really good job on the time we've got together. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. Well, I appreciate the kind words so much, but, uh, you know, I'm pumped to just relax and yeah. add, as, add as much value <laughs> as possible. All right, let's relax. Let's get into it. First of all, um, author, co-author of YouTube Secrets. Um, one of the things I wanted to highlight in this book is I was going through this last night and preparing for this is I wanted to start with this right here, which is, and I think the reason why is because I, I think this is one of the areas of challenge for most people. Um, you talk about the three P's in this book, which is passion, proficiency, and profit. And I wanted to perhaps open up with that because, I, you know, obviously you've talked to a lot of people about succeeding on YouTube, but this is often I find the wall that they need to get over. So maybe you'd want to unpack that to start. Yeah, I think one of the things that people struggle with is finding, man, is YouTube too crowded? Am I going to be able right. to stand out? How right. do I find my thing? How do I make myself different? Right. And also, how do I find my path of not just views, because that could just be a vanity metric. How do I find my path of actual impact, my greatest impact, greatest income? Um, and so the three Ps are like a stacking formula to say, okay, what should my YouTube channel really be about? Now, maybe your community is clear. They want to get transactions and, you right. know, refinances and attract local business or international business and exchange leads. Maybe it's clear what you want to do, but there's so much opportunity on YouTube at the intersection of the three Ps. Number one, what am I passionate about? You could ask, you could write down like five to 10 things you're passionate about, brainstorm like a mind map, and uh, I might write down snowboarding, uh, mm. guitar, uh, video, marketing, business. But then you need to run it through with as little emotion as possible or no emotion, the proficiency test next. Okay, out of those things, which ones am I most proficient at? Now, one mm. of the things that holds people back is they're like, well, I'm not an expert. Yeah. Like, but if you are just one or two or three steps ahead of others, you can help them. So which one do you have the most proficiency at? So like, I'm a pretty good snowboarder, but like, I'm not doing any big tricks or whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert in snow or whatever. I kind of played guitar, but I, I'm not great at guitar, nor would I probably be able to teach it. Then I was like, video? Okay, well, I've been doing video for 20 years, 16 now. Mm. There's a proficiency and an experience. What are you curious about? What do you love to research? What, are you, what keeps you fascinated? That'd be the proficiency. But then the final test is profit. And that would actually be asking which one has the most financial sense, which one out of my list now has the most practical path to having a sustainable business, reaching your goals. Cause we should start with the end in mind. What is it we're trying to achieve? What are we trying to build? And in geeky business terms, that could also be like the TAM, what's the total addressable market mm -hmm. of these things? Where is it gonna be growing or shrinking? If I wrote down on the list that I'm passionate about printers um, or rather Xerox machines when those started to go away and you know, it was more about facts and then it was all digital. You don't really want to be going into an industry that's maybe shrinking. And so the superpower is to then overlap passion, proficiency, and profit. And this could also give you clarity on launching a new business. I mean, you could use these three Ps for anything. Like mm -hmm. where's that sweet spot? And that's going to be your place of greatest strength on YouTube. And so for some listening to this, again, you have like that direct business result you want to get. But I think people are underestimating the opportunity for them to take maybe a hobby or a passion, something else they've wanted to do. Maybe you've wanted to be a speaker. You're into personal development. You're, you're into health. You're into biohacking. You're into crypto or something. You might start a side hustle, meaning your YouTube channel is kind of a personal brand or a separate business you build. And when you start understanding how much money there is in the creator economy and how much opportunity there is to launch maybe something new, this could be a reinvention for somebody mm -hmm. listening to this at the intersection of passion, proficiency, and profit. 
Yeah, that's an interesting segue into, so one of uh, my friends that I've got brought up here on the YouTube channel is Kyle Seagraves, and he has a channel called Win the House You Love. And I uh, interviewed Kyle a couple of years ago. And so he's not crushing it, right, uh, in terms of like comparing to someone like yourself, right, with two plus million subs, 100 million views. Uh, he's got uh, 165,000 subscribers, only 388 videos. Well, let me make a, a disclaimer, though. Okay. I pulled up his channel on my phone. Yeah. Crushing it is such a relative term, right? especially because you need to assess each niche topic category hmm. based on competitors in that same niche as opposed to something else. Because the broad appeal of affordable home loans that'll match your budget, like people going after home loans versus big tech like MKBHD talking about iPhones and Samsung right. Galaxies, who's that relevant to? The entire world. Exactly. And- you go even bigger, maybe celebrity or trending culture, or you go Mr. Beast style entertainment content. Of course, due respect is to all these larger channels. Mm. But I think the bigger question is, like, what's the largest mm -hmm. mortgage kind of loan education channel that is going to give you a greater clarity and accuracy, accuracy of how well you're doing? So right. I would actually, I mean, with 165,000, He's probably close to the top, actually, of of the loan industry. The addressable audience. Yeah, as far as yeah. people get that are going to be subscribing to right. channels of that information. I think we were just talking about real estate in general yep. on a more macro level. I asked somebody else who's like, how do I get to a million subscribers? I said, who's even at a million subscribers? Right. Like, in well, the real estate space. Chris Crohn's yeah. almost there. Grant is mm -hmm. much larger, but he also is much broader. Right. Marketing, sales, Investing. not just real estate. And they're like, oh, bigger pockets. And you're like, okay, well, that's 10 years and a team. Right. So it's a good point though, but there's nobody with 10 million. Right. There's nobody with five. So, so crushing it, I think, is very important to measure based on the right metrics, maybe comparing to examples in your niche. And then, of course, being inspired because what's possible? You could mm -hmm. very well become maybe the number one, the top 1%, top 5% by learning from adjacent industries and trending YouTube videos and perhaps crafting something that punches above your total addressable market. Yeah, I think I'd like to maybe uh, double click on figuring out your content niche or focus, right? Because, I mean, let's just say, so let's let's take my audience, mostly mortgage originators, mortgage professionals, Kyle here uh, as one of our examples. Um, and finance, you know, seems boring, right? Uh, I mean, mortgage rates, right? All that, not very exciting, not very sexy, no cool equipment or phones to show off. But it's funny, as I was looking at who appears to be successful, and by appears to be successful, I actually know from interviewing a couple of people, we'll probably use as examples, is I know what's, what's, what they're generating for business from their YouTube channel. Yes. And it's wildly successful. Right. You know, so you don't need, to your point, like millions of subscribers. But I think part of, again, let's go back to that, you know, the passion and, and, and identifying how you're going to show up. How important or how relevant is uh, production value, production quality? Because case in point, if you look at Kyle's examples, he does a lot of teaching to screen. And it's not just the talking head to the camera. It's he's got the side view with the with the. Uh, iPad and you know the whole visual elements that go with that. So how much of that do you think plays into building that subscriber base, getting people to come back, engagement, view watch, you know, view time, all that stuff? Well, Kyle's videos look beautiful, especially right? his most recent one. He's got that depth of field, yeah. very nice background behind them, probably a nice focal length on the lens he's using that gives his proportions. He's got the great mic, audio sounding good, and then writing on the iPad with a split screen. What he's doing is incredibly crispy. And and so I think there's a couple things I'd want people to hear. Number one, it would be incredibly discouraging, probably first and foremost, to think about, I already don't understand tech. I'm overwhelmed by it. I wouldn't even know where to start, let alone how to set it up. Or maybe I don't have the budget to spend one to $10,000 on getting gear to set all this up. Right. I think it would be an excuse that I don't accept mm. for someone to say they can't get started because of technology. I think it's about the content value, not the production value. And if somebody, everybody listening to this already meets with clients on Zoom, has a webcam, perhaps could get a USB mic. For around $100, you could get a $30 USB mic off Amazon with a boom arm, kind of similar to this. You could get actually a $40, $50 webcam by Anchor, 
which is 2K resolution, slightly bigger than 1080p. You could get a light source for another 50 bucks. So let's say for $150, you could create a teaching setup at your desk. You could clean up the space behind you at your home office, your main office. If it's really messy back there, and even that's an excuse, you could get like a curtain yeah. or you could get kind of like those folding um, wardrobe doors. Right. Everything is figure outable and solvable. Mm. You can level up, you can be more pro, you can turn pro, you know, you can take mm. this seriously and you don't need a huge budget to do it. It's really going to be more about the strategy and then the value you add. Because the, the question we're asking is, are you solving problems for people that are confused? You right. know, are you bringing clarity where people are uncertain about which loan product they might qualify for? Are you bringing good research information? Are you spending 5, 10, 15, 20 hours in research and then distilling that down into 5 and 10 minutes? That's the value. People can people can tell when people are faking it and they can mm. tell when people did their work. They can mm. say, "Wow, you know, I don't have to read financial articles all, you know, for 20 hours. You just distilled that down into 8 minutes." There's a personal finance YouTuber named Graham Stephan, mm -hmm. another one both here in Vegas, Andre Jick, who are kind of renowned for that. They'll put 10, 20, 30, 35, 38 hours of reading about it all and the consolidation of all the different experts and information and articles and some articles they pay for, some financial you know resources that you subscribe to for 200 bucks a year or whatever. And they distill all this information down into bite-sized, digestible, eight minutes, nine minutes, 12 minutes, well-edited. Uh, sure, there's the, some of the production value, but what's the value there? Mm. You're saving me time. Yeah. The world's busy. You're helping me. So everybody listening to this has zero excuses for getting started and figuring out a way to start creating content. That was a long road around the mountain to get to my answer, though, of what Kyle's doing. Mm. I think the power, though, of improving your production value is human beings have always remained the same. We do judge books by our, our their cover. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to trust people with big money and a couple hundred grand or a million dollars, you know, when it comes to a loan or purchasing a house, that's there's a reason why agents and loan officers try to dress nice or dress professional. Yeah. I mean, again, there's it's just like, am I going to trust this guy? Like, I know things in culture today is a little bit more relaxed and the vibe is a little bit different. Mm. But if you roll out of bed in your pajamas and you got holes in your shirt and you, <laughs> you know, haven't really shaved and you're like, you meet with a client in person, they'll be like, this is a little concerned. Even on Zoom, they're like, okay, right. I'm about to trust you to be a professional. And so when I see Kyle, um, I would say it's not just conscious, but even unconscious mm. production value. Um, is an accelerator of trust, mm -hmm. whether you deserve it or not. Yeah. You know? And the other thing you alluded to in there with your example with, with Graham is preparation is also, in my mind, production value. Yes. Right? Because to your point, it's like, if you show up prepared and you've got all the, it's obvious if you've, if you've prepared with the quality uh, and breadth and depth of your understanding of the, the information exactly. you're trying to share. And I guess going back to, as I'm thinking of like, oh, how do I better serve my audience who are like struggling or want to get on YouTube and succeed? I think that's also a barrier for people is, oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've got to really, really prepare this video and it might take three hours, six hours, 10 hours. And I think also probably, you know, if I was being totally honest as well, like for me, that's a little bit of a stumbling block too. Like to think like, oh my gosh, I, I need to, this is, this is the, I think the, the world we're living in. Here I am. Here's what I can do. Just grab a phone and go, which is probably, you, you tell me, more acceptable like on Instagram with reels and things like that versus YouTube's, let's put it this way. YouTube's to, to me, forgive the simplification, but seems to be a lot more work. Is that accurate? Oh, it totally is more work. That's why there's also a lot of opportunity because yeah. opportunity um, is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls <laughs> and it looks like work. Right. And so a lot of people are going to go for the quick views that Reels will give you, that Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, even TikTok. And by all means, if you're also posting vertical video on Instagram, it's starting conversations, mm. deals are happening in your DMs, and you're saying, well, I don't want to do the work. Instagram's working good enough for me. Well, then good. Then you do whatever you want. You're listening to this and that's working. But then let's look at the alternative side. I don't have enough uh, leads, business, transactions happening right now. Let's look at the slowdown that could continue. 
there's always going to be people thriving in any economy and in any rate situation and in any environment. But the bottom 50, the bottom 60, 70, 80% of officers might get wiped out. How do you become anti-fragile and protect yourself? Build a personal brand, commit to online video, and maybe Instagram's good enough today, but algorithms change, change, change all the time. Maybe you're investing in YouTube and you don't see a lot of fruit there for a while, but then it's a year and a half from now when things flip back. Yeah. Fortune always favors the bold and the action takers and those that are positioning themselves and are planting the seeds today for the harvest they want to reap tomorrow. Yeah. And so I think that on YouTube, you, what you also broke down, I feel the tension. So meaning you're already super busy. All you have is a phone. You're saying, is that good enough to kind of just maybe, I would, I would encourage everybody listening to this. You know a lot more without research, you know enough because I hope you do or else you Why? suck at your job because <laughs> you know exactly. what's happening. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in on your team. You should be at least two steps ahead yeah, of your you consumers. Should <laughs> you should know what's happening right now. Yeah. You'd be able to give some, you know, thoughtful advice or context because that's what you're already doing. And if right. you, so, so the tension is, I absolutely would encourage people to start just with their phone with vertical video. And that will be fine for YouTube on YouTube shorts because it's better than nothing. And the opportunity to just film 60 seconds or less really easily add captions. I also think that's a good practice because it forces you to practice mm -hmm. by committing to do that, say daily, just like, hey, quick thought of the day, tip of the day, update of the day, market update of the day. Here's a recap of what you know just happened with the Fed. Doing that builds the muscle to prepare you for who you need to be tomorrow for all the business that's going to be coming your way and for the media company that you're building in the midst of all this. On the flip side, I get there's a big gulf between Graham Stephan, passive income, lots of money coming in. It's his main focus. So he can research for 40. You're like, I don't even have the 40 hours. The thing is, it's up to you to be the architect to manage the middle between wherever you are and getting more time. Because when you start making all-time content, researched 20, 30, 40 hours, now you're rewarded and you edit it well with 100,000, 200,000, 450,000 views. And I think what everybody listening to this needs to envision is what happens on the other side of that. Yeah. Could you find the time if we 5X'd your business? Right. Could, we, could you find the time if we 10X'd your business? Yeah. If it was no problem for you to afford someone to sit down and film with you and then an editor and to build a side team, a media company that basically markets and promotes kind of your main company, if you will. It's your job as an enterprising entrepreneur and entrepreneur to close that gap. Of course, it's going to be hard. And of course, I mean, I'm a CEO, founder of our company, team of about 30 Dude, I got a, a ton to do. Like I and I don't even and I don't even want to do it. Like right. I'm I actually started as a creator, the right. E-Myth Revisited book, right? I'm a technician that loved creating content. I didn't love editing videos, and so that's delicate, but I still I can't outsource my research, my networking, my relationships, my attending events, my absor absorption of what's relevant of my continuous cultivation of mastery of my sharpening of the saw to develop my expertise. I can't outsource any of that. And my day-to-day -day might mean meetings, hiring, interviewing, firing, culture, writing our vision document right now, figuring different things as we get prepared for our all team meeting, a lot of like just day-to-day -day ops stuff. So I'm putting my AirPods in and getting in my, pushing my Thule double jogger with my three-year-old and my one-year-old boy and going on a walk every morning and every night and listening to podcasts or an online course or an audio book right. after hours. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to grunt, you know, 40, 50 hours of operating my business and not making content as where as that sounds when I'm a full-time content creator right. because I'm, I'm ultimately doing these other responsibilities. So I could sit here and complain about it. Or I could suck it up, buttercup, and get to work and find the time. Like after you put the kids down and spend some time with your wife, put in an extra hour or two of study, and that's going to show up, especially it's going to show up over the long haul, because everything we just described is the extra mile that 95% of people don't want to walk down. Yep. 
that's where all the, all the opportunity is. Well, it's funny how, you know, when, before we started recording, I, you know, you and I had talked about this book right here on the table, do the work. And the whole concept of do the work is the resistance yeah. and breaking through the resistance. Oh, yeah. And we're all going to face that resistance. Right. Um, which kind of makes me curious about another thing you talk about is intent. And I've heard you talk about that with, um, starting a YouTube channel and, um, Maybe let's unpack that a little bit before you answer that, though. Let me kind of bring it back dotted line to Kyle, because to, to what you said earlier, which is like, you know, you don't know what the future is going to bring. Uh, this is kind of related to intent. But I know in Kyle's case specifically, you know, he started out creating, right? Wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, so he just creates and he's serving. He's showing up to serve and he's taking his his unique uh superpower, if you will, which was to take complex ideas of like financing and mortgage and all the different FHA, you name it. A lot of people have questions and confusion about that. So what he does is does a great job of teaching that, right? Now, not, not everybody can do a great job of that, but everybody has, I think, their own unique, you know, call it superpower, or whatever you want in terms of how they're going to show up and add value to the community. Kyle's case, it gets so successful for him in terms of leads and inquiries and people wanting to finance, he can't even handle the volume anymore. Now, what he's built is this national lead distribution platform that people come to him and he has all the online forms and all that kind of jazz, right? Of like, you know, fill out, do the next step. And now he's just like basically um, has a whole separate uh, business and income tied to just giving people qualified leads. Makes total sense. Yeah. And of course, the power of YouTube, if you start speaking to, say, the United States, is yeah. that exactly that. A lot of opportunity that will yeah. happen outside of your state lines. And uh, it's very cool. Lot, so many different ways to monetize. Right. And even more so because you could spin off into um, building your personal brand and maybe right. writing a book or yes. doing an event or starting to educate or, or broadening to personal finance. Because mm. probably most people listening to this are, I think they underestimate their own genius. Yeah. Because the financial ignorance mm -hmm. oh. of the average person, the average American, right. is so staggering. Yes. And you, again, you might say, well, there's already a lot of personal finance channels. Yeah, there's also a lot of ignorance. Like, and, <laughs> and your vibe attracts your tribe, like your style or right. maybe the way you niche down. And, and your different philosophies. There's a, there's a yeah. thousand different philosophies and how, to, yeah, right, and how to that. approach <laughs> it. So, so anyways, yeah. Like, um, it, it, of course, it, when, you're, when you're stuck in it or you haven't been down this road, you can't see how much opportunity is on the other side, right. uh, on the horizon. Um, I think part of it is a leap of faith to say there's enough data and there's enough examples mm. and there's this podcast that you're listening to right now and there's many other case studies that I could see. So waiting for me on the other side of doing the work and mm. gaining the skills is untold opportunities and it might, I almost promise you, it'll probably look different than you think. Sure, a couple leads and some other things, but you have no idea the other types of doors that right. will open on the other side of really taking content creation and YouTube seriously. Mm, interesting. All right, so I think that's a good part one for, we talked about what I like to characterize as like the art and science of YouTube, right? So there's the art, there's the kind of the passion, the intent, like what are you good at? Um, and that's a process, uh, as you know, you've got to you know kind of figure out and find your voice, I think, over time. Um, but if, if we could, let's get technical for a minute, because I'm sure, as you well know, people ask you a lot of technical questions about YouTube. One of them, I got to give a shout out to to uh, one of my favorite people, Liz LaFleur, San Diego. What's up, Liz? Um, she asked a question about the algorithm. How, I don't know, you, I always like, like I'm going to ask questions about the algorithm. Like, do you ever get tired of these types of questions, right? <laughs> Actually, I think I love these questions. Algorithm's hard to explain, so I try to make complex things simple. We'll see how it goes. Okay, cool. Her question was, uh, how long, uh, what's the time, right, that the algorithm takes to arrive at identifying what it likes? So here's how YouTube works. YouTube is not trying to find... It's not trying to find viewers for your videos. The algorithm is trying to find videos that will satisfy viewers on the platform. So what YouTube is doing is how videos are suggested is a combination of the performance of the video itself. If people click on the title, thumbnail, they click on it. Okay. And then how long they watch it and users' previous search history and behavior and their current behavior on the platform. As we add these things up, it might start turning on some light bulbs. Mm. Another way to think about the algorithm is, is to answer this question. 
what's on your homepage? When you open up YouTube on your phone, on your computer, what are we gonna see on your homepage? When we open up your boyfriend or your girlfriend's YouTube, what are we gonna see on their homepage? It's probably something sketchy. Someone's listening to this and like, I didn't know. <laughs> because what is, what is the homepage? Now, if you go to an Airbnb and you open up the smart TV and it's not even logged in, mm. what's on the homepage? It's mm -hmm. the last types of stuff that that person was watching. Right. That's search history. That's, that's the, that's the viewer raising their hand. And this is why it's not just about random videos of cats or rand, unless that's what people are clicking on and watching or just the biggest creators or the most entertaining stuff, weird, obscure niche hobbies, topics, fitness mm -hmm. things, music. diets, music. Yeah is all over the platform. And so what YouTube is trying to, to do is to say, okay, based on our assessment of different types of viewers, what is their watch history? What kind of content do they ex consume? And then what it wants to do is recommend and get videos in front of them that have also been proven to be clicked on mm. and watched with, with a good click-through rate and average view duration and be put in front of those audiences. Before we go on, what's on your homepage? You want me to look? Well, you might know, but yeah, you could, yeah. Well, no, actually, I already know. So what's on my homepage, quite honestly, especially recently, is a lot of music-related stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then probably I'm following other influencers and things like that, yeah. So music, like, from an entertainment standpoint, like listening to music videos? Uh, no, more so watching live, like, concert, you know, films and streams and things like that. Like, lately, The Sphere, U2, things okay. like that, yeah. Okay, Sphere, U2. Yeah. And, and you're probably getting a lot of Las Vegas Sphere stuff oh, yeah. then recommended Too now much. that you've clicked on some Las Vegas <laughs> right. Sphere stuff. Okay, so that right there is exactly why when someone is also beginning to understand total addressable markets or understanding niches, that travel channels on YouTube, even the ability to, you could gather a bunch of Sphere photos, a bunch of people's other B-roll about the Sphere you could do a very educated video about the history, the budget, what it took to build, all that kind of stuff. You could assemble a video just sitting at your home with a USB microphone and a laptop and really tap into something. Mm -hmm. Right there, what we just discovered is that what then that video starts getting recommended to you. Somebody you've never followed before shows up on your homepage. Right. This idea of like how long does the algorithm take to recommend your video is, uh, is only one question of a cluster of questions of are we crafting content that's gonna leverage the YouTube algorithm. And the good news is, this is why actually competition is a good thing. So people are afraid of competition. No, competition's a good thing because if there's other people producing education about different types of loans, if there's other people creating recaps and tips about the best seating at the Las Vegas Sphere and review of the YouTube concert so you can buy tickets, if other people are talking about bulletproof coffee and biohacking and they follow Dave Asprey, like, you start a channel about maybe alternative medicine, health, food, diet, and you start making good videos, those videos get sucked into these clusters of subcultures in a way. People that are passionate about a certain thing, watch a certain thing, and that's a huge opportunity for you. So YouTube's actually incredibly generous. The next thing to master then is a great title, great thumbnail, and content that holds people's attention that really is answering a question they care about, intent that they care about. Um, and the interesting part about that, long road around the mountain to get back to answering the question of how long does it take, It videos can potentially take off in a matter of hours or one day, but they also can take off in as many as 150, 400 days, six months later. Mm. Because what YouTube is always testing and what it does is when a video gets impressions, that's this idea of YouTube will test your video with a small group of people, maybe a few of your subscribers, and it'll test it with, with a no group of people, like nobody, if YouTube doesn't understand what the video is about. This is why your title, your content, your clarity, it's a strong topic, it, that your video just died. But what it'll do if you title it a certain way and it's a decent video, it'll test it with a few people and what an impression is, we got really geeky here, but as we, as we land the plane <laughs> no, in this good. section. What an impression is, right, is just the opportunity to click. You see it on your homepage. You see it next to the video you're watching. You see it underneath on mobile. And you see it 
if you scroll over it, all it is is an impression. But if the thumbnail is good, the title is good, and someone clicks through, and then they don't only just click, they keep watching, then YouTube says, and, it, and this is, would be the final thought, if people like, other people like this person mm -hmm. have enjoyed this video. Mm. And when we recommend this video to people like this person, and we have a whole ever-growing group of people that seem to kind of be like this person, a lot of overlapping circles, but other people that are like this person, it continues to be clicked on and watched for five minutes, six minutes, eight minutes on average. So we keep showing it to more and more people. And that's where virality is practical for brand new creators. Because if you make the right video with the right topic at the right time with the right title and the right thumbnail and good content, then it can be, you could have zero subscribers or 100 subscribers and that video could spread across YouTube. One of the only limiting factors, all other things being equal, is how much broad appeal does it have? Right. Because at some point you're gonna tap out, most of us won't even come close to this because there's markets are pretty big in ter terms of say finance or even loans. But at, but at some point, you're not gonna get 100 million views like Mr. Beast on something purely entertaining that everyone wants to see of all these different cruise ships compared. Yes, Everybody wants to travel and be on a cruise ship. Whereas if it's something in finance or whatnot, you, you pull 100,000 views, 200,000 views, 500,000 views, that's, we'll use the term VFM, viral for me. Mm -hmm. It's actually defining viral, not by viral on the platform, it's defining viral by like your niche. Mm -hmm. Viral for you might be 33,000 views. Because if you get those kind of views on some obscure, you know, two one buy down, th you know, something. You know that, your terms. That'd be crazy. That'd be yeah, so you know, <laughs> doing my best. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was if if it, that might be worth re-listening to, because the more you understand the algorithm, the better it influences the content you architect, and and you can start to almost be like Neo in the Matrix. You start to manipulate the algorithm mm. in the sense of you just create good content that. This is what we do at Think Media. When we really sit down, we repurpose a lot of content and whatnot, but I just recently sat down and did a video about AI, a particular AI tool. Mm -hmm. And the my thought that went into the thumbnail, the tweaking that went into the title, I did script this video because it, it was a, a paid deal that actually was $25,000, which me auditing my time, mm. well, it's worth me taking today because that's, that's like actually about what my coaching is for just one-on-one -on -one for a day. And... So it's just, I'm stewarding my time. So I was like, yeah, okay. I can be dedicated to just only work on a YouTube video, blessed to be in a place where we could get brand deals like that. Right. But basically I sat down and was like, I am going to architect a video that is guaranteed to win. Mm. Nothing's guaranteed, but I've been doing this long enough. And then sure enough, the video was posted. Also in the first 24 to 48 hours, I was like, shoot, is this going to happen? <laughs> Some of it's a little bit of just knowing your best practices. And then sure enough, about day 10, boom, it, now it's on this upward trajectory in our analytics. And there's no stopping it. It's been pulled into the algorithm. And there's different traffic sources, whether it's search-based or suggested. And it's got about 33,000 views now. Probably will have 150,000 views in the next four months. The brand's super happy. You know, I crafted that. That's what we help people with. So yeah. if anything, if someone's like, wow, now my brain hurts and I'm, I'm, I'm tapped out on that one, you want to immerse yourself in the understanding of mastery of these details. Because again, waiting for you on the other side, new clients, views, brand building, mm. it's pretty powerful. And the good news is YouTube is the most generous algorithm on the internet. Mm. When you understand YouTube, meaning this, and, and almost every uh, algorithm is starting to actually kind of copy TikTok now mm -hmm. and have moved from the social graph to the interest graph, meaning rather than who follows you or who your subscribers are, or even like a group of friends on Facebook, because just because you're friends with people and you have your cousin and your aunt and your weird, you know, <laughs> Uncle Ricky, like they don't probably like the same things as you. Yeah. So interest graph is people that are into CrossFit. It's people that geek out about personal development. It's mm. people who love self-help books. It's people who listen to interviews with interesting people. It's, it's psycho-entrepreneurs. Right. So it's these clusters of people that are into particular things. And thus, the algorithm can promote a video because it meets a desire in a particular interest group of people as opposed to like the fact you've built up an audience, you know, or a personal brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so what it's doing then is it's identifying those people, as you said, who've uh, 
demonstrated their interest in that topic by clicking, watching, view time, and it's combining all that. So it's, it's not necessarily like a demographics profile, right? Uh, psychographics is more important than demographics. Right, yeah. yeah. And demographics influence psychographics because there is a, probably a, there's a yeah. baby boomer mindset, a Gen X mindset. Right. But there's also some baby boomers that have more zest and zeal for life than yes. Gen right. Zers. It, mm. But so interest, psychographics, interest graph. Which is, is probably, probably a better, better identifier anyways. anyways. It at well, 100%. Yeah. yeah, when you start thinking about building strong tribes, communities, yeah. online brands. Uh, because, you know, and Simon Sinek really p popularized this as well. His book, Start With Why. Mm. People follow people with shared beliefs and people follow people um, with shared values. Mm -hmm. So you also start thinking about the differentiator is one that's going to permission to play checklist for, for YouTube and dispensing knowledge and education is your education has to be good. You can't be boring. Mm -hmm. You can't be so tedious to listen to. You don't need the greatest charisma in the world, but like you have to be able to art communicate ideas and and the viewer has to be able to follow along. And it's gonna go a long way if you do have a little charisma or you can add a little humor in there or a little timing. And all those things are developable developable. Of course, right. some people have more natural, but like everyone had to sharpen their skills. Yes. Well, these are all like permission to play. Where things get really strong is realizing it's maybe not Robert Kiyosaki leverage debt versus Dave Ramsey, cut up your credit cards. Those are some ideologies. You, you also know deeper than that, though. A lot of people follow Dave Ramsey because he's a Christian mm -hmm. and because he's conservative values. Both of them are conservative. Robert, a little bit rougher around the edge. Not sure if he has a professed faith, but a totally different vibe and right. feel to his style. So the opportunity for someone listening to this, I think about in the internet marketing space, back in the day, there was this like punk rocker girl who started to teach like email marketing. Mm. You know who else teaches that is Amy Porterfield. Right. To Amy Porterfield is not a punk rocker chick. No. <laughs> so, but people, whether they want to get healthy, whether they want to get alone, like your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So your beliefs, your values, yes, you get into the algorithm, but then as far as meeting people, sometimes people just think I just want to be like vanilla and plain and just purely share the information. It could be probably one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Right. Because then you're just the same as everybody else. The information was solid, but those were just the, that's just your entryway through the door. Yeah. Now, how do I make a connection? Right. And we start to connect with people. Oh, we like, we have some of the same things. Oh, you're a parent too. Right. Oh, you even value, like you value family and you value your faith or vice versa. You just are just flat out on your career. Never want to have kids like maybe a different mentality, urban mentality. Mm -hmm. Let's just scale boss, babe, whatever, right. a building. These are very different kind of vibes yes. and tribes. Yeah. Psychographics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you too in the moment, if you don't mind, for like uh, being comfortable uh, valuing your faith and making it part of your business and brand. I think that really says a lot. So, you know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, kudos. Um, uh, before we uh, run out of time here, I wanted to uh, go back to what you said about you architect that video. Just real briefly, what are the boxes, the check boxes that you check to like, you know, architect that perfect video? I know you've mentioned it. Thumbnails one, right? Uh, what about title description? Yeah. So, um, uh, s s slight side quest to the book yes. because the book that you read and that's on the table here is actually out of print now because the second edition right. is out. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, if, if someone's listening to this and they want to check it out, it's already the only one you can get on Amazon. So Kindle, ebook, physical, a brand new audio book. We'll link it up. Amazon, Audible. Um, in the second edition of YouTube Secrets, we teach the perfect video recipe. Okay. So I follow my own perfect video recipe. It is as follows. It's the big idea. It's the hook, it's the content, it's the transition. The big idea is the topic, which is actually more important than the title and the thumbnail. It influences the title and the thumbnail, but sometimes people just think, write a good title, make a good thumbnail. The topic itself, the understanding of the psychographic, like what do people want? What do they really want information about? What What is it the thing that they'll click on no matter what um, versus the greatest title, the greatest thumbnail on a topic they're not interested in. So topic kind of supersedes all. So the big idea is the cluster of those three. I want to know what those are as I start. So I open up a Google Doc. I know that I'm basically going to be kind of reviewing this crazy software, by the way, that is like ChatGPT for videos. Mm. 
You just type in a prompt and it makes an entire video. B-roll, voiceover, writes the script, edits it, music. Before. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's also early stage, right. but still it's really wild. So I first, you know, I tested it. I, I went through it a couple of times so I could speak on it in an educated manner. Um, but I opened up a Google Doc and at the top of the Google Doc, I wrote down title brainstorm. And I started to write down, this is before I made the video and before I even started outlining it. I started to write down different potential titles and I wanted to see how clickable and how powerful those could be. I then started to screenshot actually other people's thumbnails mm -hmm. and then just paste those right into my Google doc because I basically like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that might be looking up other AI software videos, but it was also just thumbnails in general. Like as you begin to develop a portfolio, that's the wrong word. As you begin to develop a list of good channels, people right. crushing it right. outside of your niche too, is probably outside of your topic and your industry. Mm -hmm. One of the easiest, you know, good artists copy, great artists steal. Yeah. By the time it's done and it's my picture and everything else, the thumbnail will more or less look entirely different. But I think don't be afraid to, you know, borrow mm -hmm. great ideas from channels that are doing well. So I now have a couple screenshots. I, I know the direction of where the thumbnail could go. I've got the title. I then began to outline this video. I typically don't script my videos word for word. I'm more of an outline guy. However, the outline, depending on how much research I put in, could be pretty rich. Bit point one, point two, point three, bullets under that, maybe bullets under that, depending on how it could be as simple as like maybe three sentences, point one, point two, point three, or really detailed out. And because this video was so architected, it was a little bit more intense. Um, and then one of the most important things, so recapping, we're we're deep. This is this is a <laughs> tactical episode. Yes. Big idea, hook, content, transition, the four ingredients. So that's the big idea. I know what the topic is. I know what the title is. I know what the thumbnail is. Or I've got that to an 85% level brainstorming kind of knowing. We call this reverse engineering. You're mm -hmm. starting with the end in mind. I'm assuming that looking ahead and understanding how YouTube works, you're, you're working backwards. You're like, this video is already a smash hit. Mm -hmm. This video is already going viral. Mm -hmm. And of course it is mm -hmm. because it's architected and assembled like a viral video. Right. Viral for me in a niche of AI software. So... Then the hook is the next really most important thing to craft. And that's just thinking about the first 10 to 15 to 30 to 60 seconds. The opening of the video, you're trying to convince the viewer or reassure the viewer that they're in the right place. Avoid them feeling like this wasn't what I wanted to click on and I'm not interested in this video. Give them a reason to watch to the end. And you might notice too, like, again, the person listening is being like, what the heck? I haven't even shot my first video. <laughs> right. Sean's got 643 <laughs> distinctions in how he crafts, right, crafts right. one video. Well, yeah, that's also why the brand paid me $25,000 and why the video is doing incredibly well. I mean, right. it's just like brick by brick, you build up towards, you know, the pursuit of mastery. But um, really crafting that hook and one powerful thing that I would encourage every listener is you actually are a lot smarter than you think if you would just block the time mm -hmm. and actually sit down and perhaps prepare. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we wing it. Even if I try to wing it off the cuff, I've learned to communicate pretty well extemporaneously, but nothing beats me giving it 30 minutes and typing and deleting and then typing and really just crafting and then following. And we teach a lot of this in the book. There's all kinds of checklists and stuff we have in our programs. Is also thinking like, so in a hook, I would say, um, a couple elements. One would be affirmation that they're still there. That could almost be the restatement of the title. Right. Are you curious if you should do an FHA loan versus a conventional loan? What are the pros and cons? And that would be like the title. Then if possible, you want to give them a reason to watch until the end. In this video, I'm going to be breaking down the pros and cons and also make sure to watch until the end because I'm going to be sharing a mistake that a few of my clients have made because they set their loan up wrong or they didn't know about asking about this hidden uh, line on the contract. Page 73. That, on page 73 <laughs> that ends up costing people thousands right. to tens of thousands of dollars. Yep. And if you just did that, then not only am I in the right place because I want to understand, I'm like, okay, you're, you're going, you're, and you're getting right to it. Be brief, be bright, be fun, and be, be done, cut to the chase. You start the video. 
And and you can see how powerful that is. So I was like, okay, I know I'm going to learn about FHA versus conventional. I'm going to learn about the pros and the cons. Um, I'm going to, you might also, another one you could power that one up with is say, we'll tell you about the pros and cons. I'm going to be talking about a story of how this couple got approved mm. when no one thought they could be approved. And a, and a, and a new credit hack that can uh, that will blow your mind that nobody knows about. And make sure to watch until the end because I'm going to be breaking down um, up something that a lot of other companies put a lot a lot of companies put on page seventy three mm-hmm. that might cost you that's cost thousands tens of thousands of dollars. Let's get into it. And then maybe you drop your logo and you're like, all yeah. right, welcome back, Sean Tannell here with uh, Rocket Loans. Uh-huh. I uh, all things you know help you get into the house you love or whatever. Uh, let's get right into tip number one. So FHA, this is what it is, conventional. So so you can see we're processing the hook together here for a second. Yeah. And yeah. what did we come up with? That was yeah. pretty good. It was really good. Um, and and then the content is in the middle. And that's the teaching portion. That's the teaching portion. And and you wanted to do the to the degree of how much time you have, again, back to the Graham Seffin example, who does this full time and spends 40 hours of research on one video. Mm. The quality of the content in the middle I mean, it's, it's going to be probably a little bit better, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's almost like every word is crafted, every part is crafted, lots of data, lots of stats, lots of research, really dialed. But, you know, do whatever you can. So if you just spend a little bit of extra time on the hook, like if all you do with the perfect video recipe is start using it, you're going to do so much better. The reason I created the perfect video recipe was inspired by like, Hello Fresh. Mm-hmm. You ever done like sure. Hello Fresh yeah. or like mm-hmm. Blue Apron? Right. You know, so I'm not a very good cook, but uh, what I realized was you could get these cardboard boxes, you know, with ice in them, shipped to your house with all the ingredients and a cardboard card right. that just told you exactly what to do. Yeah. And then I realized that as I started to follow that card, I still, on the first time, left the chicken in too long, burnt the mm-hmm. chicken. But because they gave me all the spices and everything, like it was still a much better dinner than like a TV dinner. Right. And that was just my first try. And then, you know, two or three tries continuing to follow the recipe card, I started to develop an ego. I'm like well, bragging around the house. I'm like, honey, talking to my wife, I am Anthony Bourdain. Like I am Martha Stewart now. Right. I should have my own show. She's like, you've been doing HelloFresh for three days. Like you need to relax. And so... um, and, and so if you just keep showing up in the kitchen and you just keep following the recipe, yeah. you get better each time. So the perfect video recipe, if you just get a little bit better at topics, titles and hooks, uh, titles and thumbnails, you write a little bit of better hooks, you kind of polish the content, you improve your communication skills. And then the transition at the end is a transition to another video, which is mm-hmm. we could do a whole right. other episode on not only rather than letting people know you're ending or actually sending them off platform, which is we could touch on that because people want to get the lead and the phone number and they want to get the email. Technically, you want to have to keep them on the platform. When the video ends, the best call to action is to another video. Mm-hmm. And in the case of this video, it was very effective because if this video goes viral, VFM, viral for me, viral for mm-hmm. um, Think Media, and then people watch the end and there's a really good call to action to another video that re- drives a whole nother result. Your ultimate goal is to create a stream of, you know, using the perfect video recipe. It's not just having one meal that's good. It's like a restaurant. You don't just want someone to come once. You want return patrons Absolutely. that spread word of mouth. Right. So the, the perfect video recipe in the book, we kind of talk about the whole experience. You want to be able to be discovered on Yelp. Mm-hmm. You want there to be a good first impression, good photos. They see you. You want there to be, you know, good, good experience. You want them to actually show up and consume your content, but that alone is not the dream. The dream is that you would become a habitual, uh, you know, restaurant in people's lives. The goal is to have your YouTube channel be a habitual channel where you gain a subscriber more than a subscriber. You actually make a connection where they're like, oh, that's my person. If I ever Mm -hmm. need loading information, I might check in with them. You know, I like their vibe. You know, actually I just kind of follow what they're doing because I love their values and what they stand for. And I recommend them to others. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're following the perfect video recipe, that's going to be the most helpful way to get there. Well, let's uh, pause on that for a moment then. Uh, while we uh, are talking about the perfect video recipe, you've got a lot of resources for people. Yeah. Um, where do you want to direct those that are listening and watching to you know, follow the visuals? Oh, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I think 
definitely you could check the book out yep. really easy especially audiobook is great yeah so you got the book yep. um and then think media our our main channel is called think media i do a twice a week podcast think media podcast which is a video podcast like this so it's video but also on all the audio platforms and then if people want probably just the fastest way for the a million questions you still have or basically want to look over my shoulder and kind of see how to execute this and set this stuff up yep. Um, there's a hour long on demand class. That's normally a part of our paid program, but you can get it entirely for free. So you can link that up, just put it in your show notes or whatever. Um, and, and if people want to go deeper with us, we do have a a program that has kind of an online community and a faculty that supports people, but whether that's right for people or not, no worries. Check out the free class because that alone will give you an action plan in your journal, your next three moves, one, two, three, to get started because massive opportunity is waiting for you on the other side of punching fear in the face, punching perfectionism in the face, pressing record, yeah. getting uncomfortable and embracing the power of YouTube. Yeah, I love that. And that's what I would encourage people to do as well. It's clearly you've heard here today that, I mean, um, you can start with like what you have, but you know, we have to get better, right? And so the perfect recipe, the blue apron, like you learned how to create a decent meal, yeah. but you keep at it, you're going to get better and better and better. Yeah. I think the, the only way to do that is to keep working at it and keep getting access to information resources like you offer. So definitely check that out in the show notes. We'll link that up. I guess lastly, just to put a, put a button on this thing real quick, if you could do like a, a two minute, um, you know, you mentioned AI. So I'm very curious about that. I know you've talked about this tool Opus before yeah. in the past. And as I'm hearing you describe writing and hooks and all this kind of stuff, I'm wondering, like, to what degree do you think people can rely on GPT or things like that to help them, mm. you know, with those types of things versus not? So just what would you say real quickly on that? Well, number one, I use AI every day now. I think you can rely on AI to be an incredibly affordable or free assistant. The mistake people are making is they think AI is a magic pill and it is already clear who the true experts or the people who truly put in the work is and those who haven't. Those who still learn the skills and learn the mindset and learn the thinking and learn the strategy and add their human touch with the assistance of AI are the people that are winning. Those that are just trying to use AI to do it for them. For example, I will oftentimes ask ChatGPT, I pay 20 bucks for four, right? To, I'll write in a topic or I'll write my initial title and I'll say, write 10 YouTube titles based off this one or based off this topic. And I might go creator economy, comma, how to make money, comma. I might just, you know, whatever I throw at it. A lot of times I'll say, oh, maybe I'll get the 10. Then I'll say, write 10 more under 55 characters because YouTube in a lot of places on the platform has a dot, dot, dot. It cuts it off. If you can say your, if you could write titles that are shorter or that can get the entire point across, you know, a podcast like this might be like three words, comma, this topic also, and this topic with Sean Cannell. That's a little bit different, but a lot of times if your title can be, oh, I was doing some coaching with somebody yesterday who has a yarn channel mm. and exciting. we using actually another tool that I like vidIQ. Oh yeah. And they have an AI coach, which uses API to chat GPT four, but it's even better because it's, it's their programming layered over chat GPT mm-hmm. with the understanding of YouTube and vidIQ, you give it permission to access your channel. Oh. So it'll it'll kick out video ideas, channel audits, and all this stuff based on your channel's data. Wow. So it so you're you're absolutely worth every dollar yeah. to connect the two dots. You would actually wouldn't really need both. If it was just YouTube use, I pay for both. But if it was just YouTube use, you could just have the vidIQ AI coach because you essentially get chat GPT for right with all the intelligence. The YouTube the intelligence yeah. of yeah. a YouTube lens. Mm-hmm. So we were using their uh, AI title brainstorm tool or generation tool. And we discovered, went through a little bit of coaching and Ginger could make a video. We first said, what are five good topics to make in this niche? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll find that ChatGPT, other AI tools are just an extension of your brain. They get you started, they get you primed. So it wrote um, 
like five topics. One of them that stood up was organizational and storage hacks for yarn. Mm. Great. So then I typed that into, I put that into the title tool. I think it said, uh, it said organizational, oh, like genius yarn organizational hacks, Mm. organization hacks. That's a four word title. It's powerful. Genius. So I'm like, that's a good word. Right. Genius, yarn, that's your niche, and that's her channel, organization, hacks. And then I was like, okay, Ginger, what are, you know, how many of these do you have? Mm. And and I think a, a really strong YouTube video, Success Leaves Clues, you study, and, and in a niche like that, topics like that, 17 genius hacks. It could be 21. Mm-hmm. And if you could do that in like eight minutes. And so it's like, boom, you show this. And then there's some that are maybe free and DIY from around your house. Others could be related to affiliate links. Like, hey, I got this thing on Amazon. There's a link in the description. And a brand could sponsor that thing too because that video is going to crush. So so think about that title, 21 Genius Yarn Organization Hacks. Mm. It's a good title. It's five words with the number leading it. Um, And so AI is a big deal. So I use... Uh, vidIQ, I use ChatGPT uh, daily, maybe to prime scripts, mm-hmm. work titles. But I, that was a long road around the mountain to get to the point to say this. Typic, I, I maybe I have never copy pasted a title from AI without changing it. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I use it. ChatGPT seems to love to write like almost book titles, right. like two words, colon, and then like a descriptor. Descriptor. Right. Like. Insane growth, colon. How, you know, why now is the time to buy a house? You're like, okay, so I can just delete the insane growth. I mean, I get it, but I'm just going to do the how-to part. But what it shows me is like just, it does all this heavy lifting and it gets me so far ahead. I'm doing um, an interview with a business owner who's pretty renowned. And so there's enough information on the internet. And so I said, give me their introduction. And it wrote me an introduction for them. Uh, I tweaked it barely. I then said, I am doing a podcast interview with this person. This is who the audience is. Creator, uh, cre- uh, content creators, entrepreneurs, small business owners, mm. and people that are looking to make side income, comma, 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 enter. And then brrr, right. it wrote a thousand characters yeah. of, of questions I should ask that person personalized right. Right. based yeah. off the topic. So knowing how to prompt is a big deal, Yes, but... I've been doing this video podcast thing for a long time. Mm. It's saving me massive time. Mm-hmm. You know, even just for the bit for busy business owners listening to this, this is what you would have paid an assistant to right. spend four hours preparing for you. So you just got a little bit ahead and you'd spend the fine. This is the key though. You'd spend the final 10% tweaking it yeah. as well as still having to think. Yep. You can't outsource your thinking. Yep. In fact, what's even more valuable than mm-hmm. ever is your strategy, your thinking, and what I would also argue finally is, you know, somebody's told like Jasper AI, which is copywriting and chat GPT, mm-hmm. they're going to continue to get better, but you're always going to be the most lethal, sure. essentially if you learn how to communicate. Yeah. Studying how to write persuasive marketing copy, knowing how to write headlines, knowing marketing principles, knowing human psychology, uh, that's knowing all that stuff is who's really going to win. Yeah. Either you need to know that or have somebody on your team eventually that knows that because AI will get you to the 10 yard line, yeah. but you didn't score a cut touchdown at the 10 yard yeah. line. You got to You got to take it all the way. And so that final humanization with some mastery around some of those other disciplines, I know it's a lot, but hopefully people listening to this episode are feeling inspired to do the work, yes. to keep studying, to keep leveling up, to keep learning because why always back to the why, not just to do busy work, it's because waiting for you on the other side of this is more time freedom, is more time with your family, is a business that you love, is Everything more really income. Yeah, the ability to maybe delegate some things, build yeah. your brand bigger, weather any recession, recession-proof your business just because of your personal brand and the market share that you have. Also, multiple multipliers of what your current wealth and income is because very few Everyone will do this a little bit. Some, some will start. Right. Fewer will be keep going. Uh, very few will endure, mm-hmm. and then even fewer still will be committed to. 
outworking, right. out learning, yep. out strategizing, and outlasting the competition. Absolutely, as, as it, it always is, is right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's fantastic. fantastic. Well, this has been great, man. Uh, and I think you know what you remind me of there is. Uh, uh, mutual uh, friend or acquaintance, I'm sure you know Mark Schaefer. Uh, as he says in his book, it's the most human brand that'll win. Yeah. So to cap off that AI thing is use it for what it will help you do, but it's, it's of course, the human connection that makes a difference. So, and I also want to say thank you for you, right, creating that human connection here and making time. This has been fantastic, man. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm so grateful. It's been really awesome hanging out. I appreciate so much having me on the show. Yeah, I'm honored. So folks, uh, you want to connect with Sean, do it. Do uh, Take everything he's got to offer you. Like, I'm telling you, if you want to level up your YouTube game, this is what you need to do. So, uh, listeners, you know what to do. Uh, click the links in the show notes. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in. See you on the next one. Bye for now. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Hey, got a question for you. Are you struggling to get engagement and referrals from real estate agents and feeling like you're constantly fighting for business in a crowded market? What if I told you there's a way to attract agents, to provide unique value that helps them grow their business and generate referrals on demand, helping you become the dominant loan officer in your local market? Look, I was an originator for over 10 years. I understand the frustration of feeling like you're just another player in a sea of competitors and you're struggling to stand out and get noticed by the agents that you want to attract and engage with. What if I told you there's a way to flip the script and position yourself as the go-to lender in your market, attracting agents, not chasing, not paying for leads, not cold calling, but actually generating referrals on demand. And the best part, you don't have to ever make a cold call or chase leads again. You don't have to work with weenie head agents if you don't want to. This is what we help originators do at the My Agent Classes membership. What do you get? You get exclusive access to our private community of like-minded loan officers where you can network, share best practices, get ongoing support to grow your business, and you get a turnkey platform that helps you build your personal brand that moves you from solicitor and vendor to partner and peer. You attract agents, you increase conversations, and you increase your referrals. All without chasing, without begging, playing the game, or paying for leads, you just by doing what you love to do, which is help other people solve problems. So how do you learn more? Go to mortgagemarketing.pro, book a call with me, and I'll take you through the library of done-for-you agent classes that you can use to just plug and play and follow our proven system of train the trainer. You don't have to be the subject matter expert. Think of yourself like the nightly news reporters just sharing the news. You also get access to our marketing automation platform that will attract, engage, and convert agents to referral partners for you. Scripts, checklists, downloads, automated email, SMS, text messages, uh, done-for-you landing pages, and more. You also get our Market Maker content, which is the social media images to help you promote your class online. And again, every Friday, our Mortgage Marketing Mastermind call. You get access to top LOs, speakers, coaches, connect and collaborate with what's working right now in today's market to help you grow your business so you don't have to struggle and try and figure it out all on your own. Don't miss the opportunity to learn more about what's helping so many originators succeed in becoming the go-to lender in your local market. Book a call with me now, mortgagemarketing.pro. We'll see you on the other side.